On this week's episode of Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast, I'll take a look back at some of the big basketball games of the past week and look ahead to a big basketball event that will be happening in our area that starts January 19th. I'll discuss the Division I and Division II dual meet wrestling championships that took place back on Tuesday and talk about a resurgence in the making at Shaker. All that plus hockey, football, and gymnastics on this week's episode of Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast. Let's start this week's episode with a look back at some of the big games that took place around Section 2 in boys basketball this past week. And leading the list is the game that took place on Tuesday, January 15th, between Bethlehem and Saratoga in the Suburban Council. Bethlehem prevailed in a tight game, 75-65. to Their key contributor for this one is a guy who hadn't really been doing a lot before this game, Pat Ryan. He had been averaging about three points per game through the first 11 games of the season. And then he had himself a really good game against Saratoga, creating six three-pointers on his way to a season-high 20 points. Certainly, that was the difference in the game. Uh, Jake LeClaire, he put in 15 points. Michael Orcali, he was... I say he was limited, but truth be told, 11 points is still a really good point total, and he was contributing at both ends of the floor for the Eagles as well. For Saratoga... Aiden Holmes had 16 points. Will Fox had a season-high 18 points. And Nate Chuddy, he had 13 points. So, great contributions on both sides of the court. Bethlehem just got contributions from a guy that they hadn't really gotten contributions from this season. And that turned out to be the biggest difference maker. Now, with the win, Bethlehem remains one of two undefeated teams in Suburban Council, the other one being Troy. Troy plays in Class A this year, so for Bethlehem, the win gives them, right now, the inside track for the number one overall seed in the Class AA playoffs, but there's still a lot of season left, and both Bethlehem and Saratoga have some very interesting games coming up. Uh, For Saratoga... Starting with Friday night, they are playing Schenectady, which even though they've lost four in a row, they still have a lot of talent and they could be very dangerous. Um, then they have Saratoga's got a non-league game against Green Tech on January 22nd, followed by league games against Troy on the 25th of January and Shenandoah on the 29th of January. So for Saratoga... This is their opportunity to show that they can bounce back from a tough loss. We'll have to see how they do. Now for Bethlehem, their road isn't much easier. They've got April Park on January 25th. They've got Schenectady on February 1st. And then they've got two very tough games to close out the season. They play Troy on February 8th and Christian Brothers Academy on February 12th. So nothing is set in stone at this point. There's still a lot of season left. And the Suburban Council is a tough league, so we'll have to see whether or not Bethlehem can get through it undefeated, or whether Saratoga can overtake them, or if somebody else. I mean, Shenandoah is still in the running. 
Colombia, which has been quietly doing some good things in the court, they're still a factor. This is not set in stone, ladies and gentlemen. I expect there to be some more shakeups in suburban council standings as we get towards the end of the season. Now over in the Patroon Conference, Maple Hill moved into a first place tie with Catskill after beating the Cats 73-60 on January 16th. This avenged an earlier 67-47 loss to Catskill for the Wildcats. So obviously a big statement win for Maple Hill in this one. Uh, Nick, Nate Mannion and Quinn Pratico each had 20 points to lead Maple Hill, while Justice Brantley, he netted 17 points for Catskill in this game. So, as I mentioned, Maple Hill and Catskill are now tied for the lead in the Patroon Conference going to Friday night's games, each with a 9-2 league record. And lurking right behind them at 8-3 is Hudson. Now, Hudson, they just beat Rensselaer 81-44 on January 16th, fueled by 30 points from Levon Fernandez. Hudson also happens to have a win over Catskill this season, 93-79. They have a rematch with Catskill coming up on January 27th at the Cool Insuring Arena in Glens Falls, and I'll get to that particular date in a moment. Meanwhile, Maple Hill, they've already swept Hudson this year, so if Maple Hill can just win out and Hudson pulls off a win over Catskill, Maple Hill could win the Patroon Conference. If Catskill beats Hudson in the rematch there, then you could very well be looking at a tie for the uh, league title between Maple Hill and Catskill. So that'll be interesting to watch coming down the stretch. Now, as I mentioned, this Catskill versus Hudson basketball game is taking place in the unusual place for a Patroon Conference game because it's taking place at the Cool Insuring Arena in Glens Falls. That's part of the best of the best basketball tournament that will be taking place over the next two weekends here in the Capital Region. The first day of the event is going to be this Saturday, January 19th, at the Washington Avenue Armory. And you've got some really interesting matchups there. Shalmont's playing Cobleskill Richmondville. Waterfleet is going up against McKeel Christian Academy in a non-leaguer. Gilderland's playing Shaker in a Suburban Council game. you got a crossover between Burnhouse Boston Lake and Catholic Central. Hoosick Falls is taking on Maple Hill. Glens Falls will be coming down to face uh, Gloversville. Or is it Greenville? Gloversville. I knew I was going to have a little trouble reading my notes. But Glens Falls will be playing. And then Albany Academy finishes it off the night by playing Green Tech. Now, on the 27th, over at the Cool Insuring Arena, you got Hoosick Valley playing Oppenheim Ephrata St. Johnsville. That's a mouthful. To kick off that end of the event, followed by Stillwater playing Cohoes, Green Tech taking on Shenandoah, Albany Academy facing the Park School, Hoosick Falls taking on Lake George, and finally, in a Foothills Council contest, home team Glens Falls 
faces off against Amsterdam. So you got some really good matchups, both league games and non-league games taking place during the next couple weekends at some very nice facilities. So if you can get out there, I know there's a big snowstorm that is due to hit the capital region on Saturday. But if you can get out there at least for a little while and catch some of these basketball games that will be taking place in the Washington Avenue Armory, and then hopefully the weather will cooperate uh, on Sunday, January 27th for the back end of this two-day event. It's well worth it. Believe me. You get to see some really great players, including Shane O'Dell from Sh- from Shalmont, who's having a fantastic season. He's had several games of 30 or more points. And then, of course, when you talk Lens Falls, you got Joseph Gerard III, who... I, I swear he's probably going to hit the 5,000-point plateau, or at least a 4,000-point plateau before the end of the season. Uh, 5,000 might be a stretch. But he does average well over 40 points per game for the Indians. And there's a reason why he's going to Syracuse University starting next year. So get out there. Go see some of these games. You won't be disappointed. basketball i've got a couple of teams for you to keep an eye on as we head towards the end of the regular season over in the adirondack league we've got warrensburg which is sporting a 14-0 record entering friday night's game against lake george lake george by the way has won eight in a row is now eight eight into the league um warrensburg they have already beaten Teams such as Mayfield, Fort Ann, and Fort Edward. They're led by Megan Hughes and Abigail Renew, who each average about 16 points per game. Now, Warrensburg almost took a loss back in December when they needed a Sarah Longworthy three-pointer to edge Salem 44-43. They will be facing Salem again on January 30th. In between that and the Lake George game, they also happen to have a game against Fort Ann. So it'll be interesting to see if Warrensburg can maintain their perfect record through this stretch. Over in the Western Athletic Conference, we've got Burn Knox Westerlo, which currently sits with a 7-0 league record and an overall record of 11-1. They've been playing a rather tough non-league schedule that includes a couple of matchups against WAC rivals. Uh, they actually lost to Fonda Fultonville back in November, uh, 59-39. That was their only loss, and it wasn't a league game. They will be facing Fonda on January 25th in their one and only league matchup with the Braves. They also defeated West Canada Valley on December 8th, 43-34. And then they had... A situation where they wound up playing back-to-back games against Waynesburg. The first of which was at BKW's own holiday tournament, which BKW defeated Waynesburg 52-44. And just a few days later, they met again in their regular, regularly scheduled uh, league game, which 
BKW pulled out by a final score of 59-57. So, BKW already has a couple of quality wins over Dwaynesburg. They get the rematch with Fonda. And also, they will have two games against defending Section 2 Class C champion Cambridge. The first of which will be January 22nd. And then again on, on February 2nd. So... BKW will certainly be tested as we head down the home stretch of the season. In wrestling, Section 2 held its Division 1 and Division 2 dual meet championship tournaments on Tuesday. The Division 2 matchup between Warrensburg and Hadley Luzerne Lake George in the finals was quite the match. Warrensburg trailed 33-10 about midway through, but won six of the last seven bouts in the match to pull out a 46-39 victory. Pins by Nolan McNeil Dylan Winchell and Tanner McKenna helped put the Burgers ahead 40-39 with one bout left. And then an injury default gave Warrensburg the final six points to pull out the victory and earn a berth into the state dual meet championships, which will be taking place next Saturday, January 26th, out in Syracuse. In Division 1, Shenandoah also had to rally to pull out a victory in the finals of their tournament as they defeated Columbia 47-34. Now, at one point, Columbia had a 14-point lead on the Plainsmen, but Shen wound up winning the last four bouts of the match, three of which were by pins, so that they could pull out the victory and earn their berth into the state tournament. So... It will be Shen in Division 1 and Warrensburg in Division 2 representing our region at the statewide dual meet championships. Now, beyond that, there's a team I want to talk about here. Because they are experiencing a resurgence on the wrestling mat. And that's Shaker, which currently has a 4-2 record and just defeated Niskayuna for the first time in probably about four decades. They pulled out a 38-35 victory over the Silver Warriors on Wednesday. So, right now, the Shakers showing that they truly have become competitive in the Suburban Council because Niskayuna has been one of the traditional powers in the league. Now, beyond just their 4-2 league record, they also have won the Stan Alinsky Tournament which was held at Deposit Hancock, and they compiled a 5-2 record at the Columbia Duels back in late November. So, and that's against a field that's not only Section 2 teams, but also teams from out of the area. So, Shaker's been performing very well. And just as a side note, Shaker's got... Four wrestlers currently ranked in the top five of their weight classes in Division One. 
three of whom are freshmen. Deshaun Holmes at 99 pounds, Michael Santor, who's ranked fourth at 113 pounds, and Ryan Stein, who's ranked fourth at 195 pounds. So they could very well be competing for Section 2 titles when the Division I Wrestling Championships take place in early February. So certainly something to keep an eye on and certainly a great development for wrestling in North Colony. You're listening to Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast. This is Rob Jonas, editor and founder of CapitalRegionHighSchoolSports.com. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Section 2 hockey. Bethlehem is currently leading the Capital District High School Hockey League with a 7-2 record and 11 standings points after their 6-3 victory over Saratoga Springs back on Wednesday night. Now, in the past, I've talked about Bethlehem's top scoring line, which is Michael B. Avenue, Justin Chenali, and Connor Carroll. Well, in this game against Saratoga, it was a different line that did a lot of the damage for the Eagles, as Henry Copland scored two goals, and Dylan Kowalski added three assists to help the Eagles pull off the victory. And it was an important one because it gave them two standings points, which of course is the margin of their lead over Burnhill's Boston Spa, which had another statement win in the last week when they shut out Shenandoah 3-0 on Saturday, January 12th. In that game, Kyle Grace, the Burnhill's Boston Spa goaltender, made 25 saves to earn his second shutout of the season. The goals for Burnhill's Boston Spa were were scored by Grant Rice, Noah Sinclair, and Sean Speck. So, a very important win for Burnhill's Boston Spa. They are one point ahead of Albany Academy, who is in third place. They do have a 6-2 record as well, but only eight standings points, and they are coming off back-to-back losses to Shenandoah, which we discussed in last week's episode, and Christian Brothers Academy, which they lost to by a final of 5-2, also on Saturday, January 12th. So, some interesting developments in the Capital District High School Hockey League. And we shall see how this all pans out as we hit the home stretch of the season. Last week, the New York State Sports Writers Association announced its all-state football teams in classes B, C, and D. Well, this week, they announced their all-state football teams in classes A and AA. In class A, Burnhill's Boston Lake had six players receive all-state honors, led by running back Vincent DeViro, who was a first-team selection, after running for over 1,500 yards in leading the Spartans to the Section 2 Class A title. Also from Burnt Hills Boston Lake, we have Bryce Musson, who was named a second-team defensive player for his work as 
one of the linebackers for the Spartans. Running back DJ Lashley was selected a 15 All-Star. And then you had three honorable mentions in quarterback Darren LaPietro, lineman Victor Little, and defensive back Logan Stubblebine. Queensbury had several players named to the list as well, led by running back Liam O'Mara and offensive lineman Devin Hunt, each of whom were named second-team All-State football players. And offensive lineman Sean Collins was selected a third-team All-State player. Alex Roca, Queensbury's kicker, was a fourth-team selection. Also making the list included April Park's Kyle Nethercott, who was a third-team defensive selection at linebacker, and his teammate Jake Bornt, who was also a third-team selection on defense, this time as a defensive back. Boston Spa's Jack Stangle, a defensive lineman, was a fifth-team selection. In Class AA, several teams had four players each make All-State teams. That included four guys from Shenandoah, four guys from Shaker, and four guys from Saratoga Springs. The leading player from Section 2 on the Class AA All-State list is Gilderland linebacker Nick Popolizio, who was a second-team selection. Shen offensive lineman Dylan Blowers and defensive lineman Andy Weirauch were each third-team selections. Shakers' Logan Souza was a fourth-team selection on offense as an all-purpose player, while Niskino wide receiver Richie Quinn was a fourth-team selection on offense as well. Gerdolin's Dylan Olsen and Saratoga's Mahdi Elsali were both fourth-team selections on defense. Carter Steingraber was a fifth-team selection as an all-purpose player. He's, of course, from Saratoga. Shakers Josh Tutai uh, was a fifth-team selection on defense on the line. And James Altenberger, Shenandoah's tight end, was a sixth-team selection on offense. Now, you can find all the Section 2 players who are listed on the All-State team on my website, CapitalRegionHighSchoolSports.com. And if you want the full list, go to RoadToSyracuse.com, which is New York State Sports Writers Association's football website. There you can go to the reference section and look up all the players from across New York State who made this year's All-State football lists. Before I go, I want to mention a milestone. As the Saratoga Gymnastics team capped its 12th straight undefeated season with a win over Shaker this past week. The Blue Streaks have not lost a dual meet since 2007 and appear primed to win their 18th consecutive Section 2 title when the sectional championships take place next month over at Shaker High School. So congratulations to Saratoga Gymnastics on yet another undefeated season and good luck at sectionals. That wraps up this week's episode of Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast. 
If you'd like to comment on this episode or suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email me at editor at capitalregionhssports.com and I will be glad to read and see what I can do to improve this podcast or to honor your request. So this is Rob Jonas, editor and founder of Capital Region HighSchoolSports.com. Thank you very much for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Cavalry Region High School Sports, the podcast.